On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, here's your host, Matt Robinson. Ah, uh, nuts. I mean, um, ah, uh, nuts. And Michaela Schreider. Woohoo! Beer, 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 bang, bang, bang! What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name is Matt Robinson, and I am coming to you from the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. There's a part of me that's kind of happy to be back sitting in here in these surroundings. Uh, anyone following us on social media knows that there is another part of me that is not at all happy, but um, we are happy to be with you. And I'm happy to be joined by our pal Screeds. Michaela Schreider is here. How's it going today? I can tell that you're happy to be here. You sound so happy to be here, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to be the one that brings the positivity today. I think that's how this episode, oh, most episodes of this show kind of need to work. Um, you were away last week, had a little recording uh, conflict in our time. Everything's good. It's been a couple weeks because the week before that we were, uh, we were taking a little break. Everything good? Yeah, yeah. Last week, uh, I had to move things around because of our Lord and Savior, Kate Burness. Um, we were interviewing her for Mouchoir, and Oof. Wednesday, Mouchoir. And Wednesday was the only time she could do it. I was like, well, I'm not going to ask Kate Burness to move her schedule around. Of course not. No. Um, so we had to move everything and record on Wednesday. And uh, I, I unfortunately, that, that meant I was not available for here. It's not that I chose her over you. It's, it's, it's a just, little that, but I don't blame you for it. it, it, it would it's an ex- anybody? It's an acceptable <laughs> transaction for sure. And, and we were lucky enough that uh, I was still hanging out at the lake and a buddy of mine and a guy who guests on this show all the time, Maddie Lang, was, was going to swing by that afternoon anyway with some Toronto craft beers. I had some Kawartha craft beers for him to try. So just texted him ahead of time said, yeah, we're probably going to throw down a pot. And he responded with, I... I was hoping you were going to say that. So uh, lots of Raptors talk, lots of Leafs talk on that one. I should also mention to people, uh, apologies for Monday. That rests entirely on me. There was no Monday morning podcast. Rob and I did sit down and actually had what I thought was uh, one of our better shows in a little while. And then uh, when I went to transfer it, it immediately corrupted. And oh, the no. entire thing was gone. Nice 90-minute conversation, just pissed away. Now, he and I caught up a little bit. That was all right. But no one else got to hear it, so... Um, I apologize for that, uh, to the good listener. Um, I have addressed it on social media, but I know not all of you follow us there. So, um, that's what happened. Uh, there was supposed to be a show and in the one step that has to happen 
between finish recording and move it over here where the backup gets created, that's where it, uh, it corrupted and uh, dropped. And I pieced at it and picked at it and worked away at it until about 4 a.m. Oh my God. And then I called it. It's gone. It's not coming back. I got up an hour later. Yeah. Like, that's too late. That's too early, Matt. I don't even know what to call it. Um, <laughs> now, we'll get into it a little while later. I did take a break because I was going to be up anyway at 1.45 a.m. to watch the Canadian women goalball team play uh, their final game of the round robin. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we should mention that we are on Twitter and Instagram, at Audio. Michaela is at those places, at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, and you can get some of her craft beer takes at Crafted in the Capital. Um, yeah, otherwise, outside of the, uh, the, the recording conflict last week, it's been two weeks since we chatted, things are good, things are, things are solid on your end? Things are solid. Things are very much, it's September 1st as we record this. When you're listening to it, it will be September 2nd or later, probably. Um, and lo- those of you who don't know, I hate, hate the heat and humidity. And we've been getting a lot of that the last few weeks. And then today, you know, September 1st, very fitting. I walk outside and there's this beautiful chill in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, sweater weather. <laughs> We are here almost. I know it's going to fluctuate, obviously, but like the signs of sweater weather are upon us. And I am very much a basic white woman (laughs) in the fact that I love fall and I love sweaters and I love lattes. I love foliage. foliage. (laughs) I love going on foliage walks. Oh, it's it's. It's honestly the most basic thing about my personality. <laughs> the one thing I don't do is is pumpkin spice lattes. Okay. For anybody worrying. Right. I, I get one pumpkin spice latte per year just to remind myself that right. I do this not like yes. pumpkin spice lattes. Now, you do see it every now and then. This time of year, sneak into uh, some craft beers, right? Every now and then you'll yep. see a little bit. Of, are you any happier with it there or is it just something you don't want any part of at all? I have never had a pumpkin beer that I enjoyed. No. I'm not against trying it, yep. and I don't blame people for doing it, right? Because it seems to be a really popular trend. But every pumpkin beer I've ever had tastes like a candle. Okay, <laughs> kind of like the latte. Where Where do you sit on the pumpkin beer? Yeah, it's just not really my thing, right? But yeah. you know me, and and I know it seems to come up a lot, and that's okay. It's that's because it's who I am. We are on the verge of brown ales and stouts and porters. Yes. Um, that's why I get excited about this time of year. And I, I should say, like, as I mentioned, and, and you said yesterday, there was a little bit of a, or today, September 1st, there was a little bit of a crispness in the air. Uh, last night, August 31st, was my last night at the lake. And it was the first night I had taken one with me, but it was the first night that I stepped outside in the evening to kind of check out the sunset or whatever and went, Sweater wouldn't be the worst thing in the world right now. The whole rest of the yeah. time I was up there, it wasn't necessary. It was hot, 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 hot. Um, and so as I roll back in here, I sort of look at it like my summer's over. It is September 1st. Are people going to be mad at us to be talking this way? Like I know most people look at that Tuesday morning after Labor Day as kind of whatever. And you and I are hitting it hard on September 1st. Is, are, are we being a little cruel to the listener? Should we give them the extra few days or is it here now or is summer over? I mean, summer is what you want it to be. Okay. Um, you know, it depends on the the big thing with Labor Day weekend. It depends on are you in school or do you have kids who are in school? Yes. 
And if you do, then yeah, the Tuesday, I mean, I know a lot of kids went back to school this week as well, but, um, you know, the Tuesday after Labor Day is kind of the unofficial, you know, it's, it's the, the big back to school day for Do you for still most. feel that way? Like, I know you're, you it's don't weird, have kids. I do. Yeah. There is something that's w- like waking up on the Tuesday where mm-hmm. kids go back to school and, and I'm still sort of like, okay, I guess it's fall now or, or like, it just feels something is clicked over, right? Like it stays with you. I feel like because we spent at least 18 years yeah. plus of our lives going on the school calendar, right? Like September to, you know, June or April or whatever yeah. um, is the school year. I Like that to me is the real New Year's more so than January it's 1st. True. Yeah. And, and I've been out of school for almost 10 years, <laughs> yeah. almost 10 years now. And yeah, I still get, I get those weird jitters on the Monday <laughs> On Labor Day Monday, before you know, the, going back to work, even though I probably was at work on the Friday, right? Um, yeah, it's this weird it mentality. Stays with you. It stays with you. It yeah. really does. But listen, like I technically, summer goes well into September, and, and September is, I think, where you start to get, you know, even if you're not a fan of fall or the cold weather, like it's still beautiful. It's just the heat and the really, really hot heat and the yes. humidity is usually gone. Agreed. You might have a couple odd days there, but um, I'm a big fan of fall. So like September 1st hits and I'm like, get me a pumpkin, um, get me a horror movie, (laughs) get me. Well, you're uh, big into the NFL as well. Plus NHL camps are right around the corner. Like everything starts to crank back up again, right? Like it does feel like you said, like the real calendar. I I think that's correct, right? Like we sort of run on a September to September calendar more than a January to December calendar. It's uh, And where did these dog days of summer go? Like between the later NHL schedule, the Olympics, and then like, you know, WNBA and NWSL are, are well uh, underway at this point. I don't feel like we got a break from sports at all. Like now we're talking about, yeah, tra- NHL training camp starting soon yep. and, and the NFL's kicking off soon. When I'm we like, had the women's worlds, we had the Paralympics, like everything right through August, like there was no dip this year in terms of any t- sort of, yeah, like there's normally that three week break where there is nothing to talk about. There is nothing to watch. Not at all. It seems like the whole world was playing catch up a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's part of me that loves that because we, we were without sports for so long. And then there's part of me that's like, whoa, I wouldn't mind a little break. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that that really, really hasn't happened. And no. and, and I, I realized that having, you know, worked in, in sports radio for some time, those couple of weeks in the summer used to be bad. Yeah. And I only had an hour of airtime to fill <laughs> on the air. I don't know how these guys do it for your four Or even hours as a listener, a like your favorite hosts are all gone. And yeah. there's those and who are stuck there. There's nothing. <laughs> wow. Not I'm the guy who fills in for the vacation. I, I grew up in the GTA, right? And the Fan 590 in August was awful. Like you just couldn't even... The, it was all backup hosts, and then God love them, they had nothing to talk about. Right? Yeah. Like, it was just the What's worst. your favorite sports movie? <laughs> uh, what are you sipping on today? Uh, so today I'm going with a bit of a, a classic for me. This was one of the, the first craft beers I really, really got into. I'm going with uh, Calabogie's Bogey West Coast IPA. Oh, I like that one, actually. Yeah. I want to say I've drank it on this podcast before, because I did make a Calabogie run a few weeks ago, so right. I have still... Uh, I still have quite a bit of it left over in my fridge, and that's what I'm going with today. I did open it uh, yeah. before the podcast. It's all right. I did, too. I needed to get the picture as we were firing things up here. So there's there's no, you know, when we get into post-Labor Day and we're really back on track, we'll get you those beer crack sound effects, everybody. It's, uh, and I realized as I was, gra- when we were talking, I was like, man, I should have got like a a darker IPA or, or like an amber or a brown ale or something, given that we are... 
in getting into this right. fall. But don't worry, my friends. Those 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 beers are coming. It's coming for sure. Uh, I literally just walked in the door about an hour and a half before showtime here. And so all the beers that I had kind of collected around Kawartha, Bob Cage in Fenland Falls, um, some more out of the old dog brewing company. Maddie picked, set me up with some stuff uh, from Toronto. They're all warm, right, from the car ride back. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even going to worry about it. I'll get up there. There'll be something in my fridge. And I open my fridge. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there's nothing here. I either took some of it with me to the lake when I left or had cleaned the fridge right out. It was a, a panic when I got here, not just for the show, but like, for my long weekend, there's going to have to be some sort of, uh, um, you know, replenishing. But I did look in the, uh, in the keg fridge. There's a couple shelves in the door there. And I had two beers left that, uh, actually they are the last two from the, uh, the pack that you and Josh hooked me up with there, which I think was July. Um, but I've been gone for most of August. So there was one or two left there. This is from the Anderson Brewing Company down in London, um, the Sunfest Summer Cerveza. So I am obviously not flipping the page today to fall beers. Um, <laughs> everything about this says, no, we're clinging to summer. Um, so that's what I'm going 4.8%. They call it a light lager. Uh, like I said, it says a summer cerveza here. So I've never tried this one before. I'm anxious to, uh, to check it. And I do think come the fall, uh, the real fall, maybe like October 1st, I may sign myself up for one of these... Uh, beer of the month clubs that, uh, you know, that you and Josh hooked me up with there for a couple of months. That was very generous and very cool of you. And I kind of got hooked a little bit, right? Like I kind of like the idea of that mix showing up every month. Yeah. We're, we're very much considering doing the same thing, especially in the fall and winter when, you know, I mean, who knows what the fall is going to bring. I know that, but <laughs> like we're, we're not going out quite as much and, and you know, we can't really travel yet. So you may as well get yourself a little monthly present that shows up with a little yep. surprise package of, of various kinds of beer. It, it really is. It hits that, uh, that dopamine increase <laughs> real nice. And then I'm, so, and then we're only a couple months away from the, uh, the Nita craft beer advent calendar. So we'll be doing that again as well. Um, and you've made, are we allowed to talk about it yet? You've made a purchase. Ooh. Yeah, we may as well. Okay. Tell us about it. So we got a kegerator. Yes. And I am very excited. I uh, w I can't, this is the thing, we got it. We've set it all up. We don't have the CO2 yet. We don't have a keg yet because weirdly, we have plans for the next like three weekends. <laughs> and with the Red Blacks being plans. back, we, we went to the plans? game last week. I know. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And so we went to the Red Blacks game last week. We're going to the Red Blacks game again this week and then we're going away for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then we're going down to Toronto next weekend and we're obviously only going to be with our vaxxed friends. Don't sure. worry yeah. for anybody freaking out, but we, <laughs> we have plans or are not going to be home for the next couple of weeks. And we want to get a keg at a point where like, okay, we're going to be home for the next few yeah. weeks because we can't exactly have a big group of people over. Right. Um, might have a couple people over here and there and, and to help us help us share it. But <laughs> we, we need to make sure that we're here to drink it. So it doesn't just sit stagnant for three weeks. Right. 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 So we have not used it yet. It is sitting idly in our bar and just calling to me because I'm so <laughs> desperate to use it, but we can't. So, so don't worry, listeners. I will be drinking a freshly poured pint from that keg at some
we know what beer we're going to get for the first keg. I'll keep that secret until. Okay, I was going to ask whether or not you were going to be open to suggestion from the listener, but it seems like you've already got a handle on that. I mean, so. I'm always if if listeners want to send their suggestions, yeah. always open to it because I mean, there's going to be subsequent there will kegs, be multiple kegs. Yes, yes. That, let's that, be honest. So. But it, it's funny. Like we were, I, I was talking to you about this quite a bit. Like we've been looking for a kegerator for probably two or three years at this point. And when the pandemic hit, we thought, okay, well, we're not spending money. We're not going out for dinner. We're not traveling. Like, let's use that money that we're saving and, and finally buy a kegerator. But we weren't the only people with that idea. And the prices of these things yeah. went through the roof. and Or they just weren't available. So we've been shopping around, shopping around, trying to find something. And then Josh sends me a picture from Costco wow. of a Dan B kegerator for like i think the price was 3.99 so y'all if you got a That's, costco near you yeah, get yeah. there now just in case they're still there now this is funny because when you said to me that you were looking at it it was like very hush hush <laughs> like, like did. you didn't want anyone else to buy this at this price from under you it was like the most top secret thing like. it was i don't know why but josh got home and like he sent me a picture and now I was that like, you have one you're telling everyone no, yeah to go now look for like Everybody go get one. Yeah. Um, but he, he got home and we were like, okay, we need to go right now or else they will be gone. And we get there and like not a single one has disappeared. <laughs> so I think we needed to calm ourselves a little, a little bit. bit. Maybe, we were just so but, excited. But you're so but right. Like, just, go ahead. It's just, it's just after all this time of looking for it, looking for it, we Josh just walks into Costco and yeah. there's oh, there one is. for a very reasonable price. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, and everyone's heard my horror story that I've had one forever and it bit the dust on like week two of the pandemic. Yes. And like you said, you're like suddenly in line with everyone who suddenly decided I'm going to upgrade my basement or I'm going to build a, you know, garage bar or whatever, build a new deck. Like you couldn't buy anything home improvement wise. You couldn't buy anything appliances wise. People were at home looking at the shit about their house that they didn't like anymore and they were fixing everything. And so I went months without having one just co sort of gave up and lucky for me my old man's really really handy and so he picked up kind of a it's kind of sharp looking and i think we've posted if we haven't we'll uh we'll throw it up on the instagram again um but it's almost like a coca-cola red fridge and just sort of you know put the holes in the right places to put the tap out front and we got the uh, the co2 tank reset and everything so i got kind of lucky that way that i didn't have to buy a traditional keg fridge i had someone who could turn in turn a normal fridge into one and uh i am not nearly handy enough for that he was and so i got lucky in that regard but you're so right like you couldn't find anything like that for your basement for your house for your deck anything it was just gone for months so i'd like to thank matt in advance for not only in advance i've already done it but like for answering every single stupid question i have about how does this work and i, I could google these things folks but i just text matt instead well and you're 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 testing your luck there, right? Because I, I normally text my dad when I have questions about them <laughs> too. So uh, this is one of those things that uh, I have a little bit of experience with, but I'm hardly an expert in. But I am uh, certainly willing to help anybody get into the the world of owning your own keg. Um, I've wanted to, I wanted to touch on, I don't know how much time I wanted to spend on this now. And we've had a bit of preamble anyway, but I'm, I am just back and we have... Like a lot of people, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, because I do think it's relatable, and I'm seeing a lot of it online, I'm seeing a lot of it on Twitter, and Twitter, obviously, great barometer of uh, the, oh, real, absolutely. the real world. Um, but, you know, you have people in your life, and the overwhelming majority of them are, are vaccinated, just like the overwhelming majority of society, but there's like one or two people that aren't. 
and it suddenly it still changes your whole world. Like it it holds you back in this thing that nine out of ten people have gone ahead already and fixed. And so I got into this a little bit at the beginning of the show with Rob, the the lost episode there on Monday. But my sister comes over with my adorable niece and nephew and her unvaccinated husband. And it, it reminds you a little of like that, that one friend that we all have. You, you love this friend. It's like one of your favorite people in the world, but they have a dog and they're a terrible dog owner and they have a dog that misbehaves all the time because they haven't properly trained it. And there's just a party that's like, I am so happy to see you right now, but can you please go and tie this yappy drooling thing up somewhere away from me? Like, so you and I can just kind of chat and catch up and feel, you know, like it, 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 it bugs you a little bit that your visit that you're supposed to be so happy about is being like infringed upon. And you know, yes, I too have noticed that it's started to rain, but our visit either ends here or you're going to have to leave that tied up outside. Like that's an outside dog now. Like that's sort of the world we live in. right? And it just, we end up at the end of the day, like it's not a big deal when everybody's out in the backyard because we're there at the lake and I'm swimming with my niece and nephew and, and just having a good time. And my sister's double vaccinated. And so her and I are talking and whatever, but then dinner time rolls around and you're like, it's kind of late and everyone knows in cottage country, the bugs start to come out and whatever. And instead of everybody being able to go inside and enjoy a nice dinner, we all sit outside swatting flies off our food by the end of the meal, getting rained on. And people who do follow me on Twitter at tall can audio will have seen my slow descent into madness as that was happening (laughs) that I live tweeted for them on Sunday evening. And it just, Like you want to make sure as they're leaving that night, this wasn't our number one choice. We were not going to sit outside in the bugs and rain and just endure. We're having to do this because of you. Mm. Like that needs to, you know, like it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are finding with, with friends and with family and, and it's damaging relationships and, and it's putting splits in weird places that you never would have, Imagine, you know, you're trying to organize something down the road and you go, well, if so-and-so is not going to be this, then we can't do that. And we can't invite that person because they're 104 years old or like all these different things that start to come into it needlessly. And it, it, I just, I find myself so frustrated that, hey, we got there. We had this miraculous achievement. The smartest people in the world came up with in record time, this world-saving medicine and however many people just, ah, uh, no thanks. And we're all being held back by it. That's that's the thing. And and for the record, I'm a dog lover. So even if someone had a bad dog, I would still want to pet it. <laughs> I, but I if, said if on someone... Twitter a week or two ago, almost every time you've met a bad dog, you just met a bad dog owner. There's no such thing as exactly. a bad dog. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But and I, I absolutely agree with your point of... Like we've all done what we were supposed to do. Yep. We we followed the rules and we stayed home and we wear masks when we go out and we got vaccinated when it was our turn. And now we are being held back from getting back 
to reality because of a bunch of people who did none of those things. Yeah. Right. Cause generally speaking, the people who aren't getting vaccinated were probably the people who had an issue with masks and who were, yep. you know, filming themselves yell at a teenage <laughs> cashier at Loblaws. Um, and now, you know, we, we might, we are in a fourth wave and, and, and who knows what the fall will bring. And the reason that's uncertain is because of these people who aren't getting vaccinated and, yep. you know, God bless all these people sending their kids to school and, and who are worried about it because kids, you know, under 12 who can't get vaccinated, like now they're the ones at risk. You're asking your 12 and under children to make smart decisions and be responsible because you won't be. Exactly. It's disgusting. It, it's so frustrating. And, you know, I, I know so many, obviously I work at the hospital, so I know so many healthcare workers who are like, I, I just can't do this again yeah. like we can't we can't have another wave like we did in wave three one that uh, we've chosen to have we had a way out it was entirely and, preventable yeah. and you could blame you could say that wave three at least for uh, how bad it was you could say that it was partially preventable because of bureaucratic sure. red tape That's that right. that slowed we down this vaccine yeah. exactly and and i mean that across the board all yep. levels of government yep. like i'm i'm not singling out any one person um but that was yeah <laughs> that was like the you know the big bad politicians fault sure now it's on the public yep. now it's on the people who aren't getting vaccinated and and thankfully it's it's a smaller portion than it is not of, of the population, yep. right? Yep. But that's still but that's a big, the most frustrating part yeah. is you're holding us all back. We're almost there. And yeah. so many of us have done what we were supposed to do and listened to doctors and scientists. Yes. And because someone saw something on Facebook, <sighs> they they won't do this. And it's, it's so – like I, I could rant about this for hours and probably take up the whole show, but it is incredibly frustrating when people get misinformation from incredibly – unreliable sources and refuse to believe the reliable sources yep. that are telling them that this vaccine is safe. This vaccine has been tested. Stop calling it an experimental vaccine. It has been tested. And at this point it's been given to like the billions of doses have we been, have been given over, out. We're at over 4 billion doses delivered worldwide. Yep. The experiment thing, that argument, it's gone. It's gone. That That is the biggest clinical trial you will ever have That's in your right. life, friends. Yes. Like, and, and we know from that, that it's safe. Yep. And yet, yeah, there's so, you know, the, the vaccine passport thing was somewhat announced today. And, you know, I, we have our issues with that as with, with the, the rollout of that as well. Yep. But there are more things now that you can't do if you're not vaccinated, at least hopefully soon. So I'm hoping, you know, Quebec saw a huge in, um, influx of people booking appointments when they implemented their vaccine passport. Yep. Hopefully Ontario will have the same thing, but well, you're seeing some interesting stuff, uh, you know, for our listeners here in Ottawa, especially like where people were happy. If you want to talk about saving the economy, people were happy to drive into Quebec and eat at places where you had to be fully vaccinated. Right. Mm -hmm. And almost the opposite happening, the unvaccinated in Quebec rolling into Cornwall and Ottawa and whatever, and eating at your restaurants. Cause you didn't have to be, um, double that or you know vaccinated so it's it's a dangerous place to be right here along the kind of provincial border and it was kind of playing some serious games with uh, the local economies on either side of the river here in the nation's capital too so I, i'm happy that we're finally doing it i agree it's being rolled out weirdly um that's maybe a discussion for a different day uh 
because it might make things a little bit political. But I, I did want to have this sort of discussion just because I think a lot of people are feeling this and not knowing quite what to do with it. I think it's relatable based on what I'm reading that like, can I, should I keep bringing it up or are they just going to dig their heels in? Is this becoming a, you know, something that's breaking up friendships and, and family? We're all going through this. Everybody knows somebody and you're like, I don't know what to do about this right now. Should we still be getting together with this person? Even if it's outside, you know, everybody else you'd like to invite in, go ahead, stay for dinner. Not you, you, you wait outside. Like it, it's, it's, it puts you in such a weird place and I think it's relatable. I, I just, I think it's, it's okay to kind of put that back to the audience and go, you know, we see you, this is happening to everybody. It's an awkward time and all you can do is kind of hold your ground and you did the right thing and, you know, we'll hopefully have, see more and more people doing that now that they're going to be even more inconvenienced. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? You're, this is going to be annoying for you now to be unvaccinated. And so mm-hmm. maybe you just do it. Your moral stand that you were taking kind of crumbles when you can't go to Boston Pizza on Friday for a schooner or whatever the <laughs> hell's going on. Um, we'll see. They would eat at Boston Pizza. <laughs> right. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there. It, it's hitting my family. It's hitting a lot of families. And um, just hang tough. We're going to get through it uh, at some point. <laughs> Please get vaccinated, folks. Please. Please. Um, we've hit, uh, that was, that was fairly down. That was fairly negative. And I got another rant to come. Why don't we do something fun in between? Why don't we, we bring this back up a little bit on Tuesday evening, team Canada at the women's world hockey championships battles back from two, nothing down, um, to get into overtime where, uh, in maybe the least shocking thing that's ever happened, Marie-Philippe Poulain is the hero. Um, she was the only one who knew it, I guess, for a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to give this to Shrides here to kind of take us through uh, the game and, and her thoughts on it. Um, I'll be honest, I only got to catch the, the second half and the overtime. Um, sort of, like I said, trying to be outside a little bit, enjoying my last gasp at the lake uh, for as long as I could. But the comeback was incredible. Overtime was odd the way it all went down. The the medal ceremony and one of the participants in it was even more odd. Um, this was quite a night. What did you think? Oh my God. Well, first of all, shout out to both the Canadian women's soccer team and the Canadian women's hockey team for nearly ending my life several times <laughs> in the last month because this this game for me was very much like the the gold medal game in the Olympics with with the women's soccer team like I was just a stress ball the whole time there's no rivalry there is no rivalry in sports like Canada USA and women's hockey it's it's the best rivalry yeah, I out think there that's true yeah if you ask me and 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 every time they play each other whether it's world championships or the Olympics I am a ball of anxiety <laughs> For the whole thing. And, um, and it's so, been rough. Like, it's been a long time since we won oh, one man. of them. The, the, the World Championships have not been Canada's friend for the last... 2014, 2013? 2012 was 20, their last geez. gold medal. And they've only won two since 2005. That's so, incredible. like, even going back even further, like, the U.S. The Canada had the U.S.'s number in the Olympics. Yes. But the U.S. had the World Championships for sure. Right. And, I mean, some may recall in 2019, the last time there was a tournament... Um, Canada got beat out in the semifinals by Finland. Yes. And that sucked. And then the um, Finns almost did the thing against the Americans if it wasn't for some crazy... Was there not some crazy yeah, officiating so the in the overtime? Yeah, the Finns scored in yeah. overtime. And then somehow the goalie 
interfered with the player and the player got goaltender interference. It was, in my opinion, Finland won the 2019 (laughs) Women's World Hockey I think a lot of people were with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but long story short, like it has been a long time for Team Canada. And Marie-Philippe Poulin has never won a world championship as a captain. So a lot of pressure on her, a lot of pressure on this team. And they do not get off to a hot start, which was pretty pretty consistent for them this tournament aside from i think the game though the preliminary round game against team usa they hadn't scored a goal in the first period like this entire tournament wow. up until that point and, and they had trouble with slow starts they had trouble with penalties and both of those things happened in this game they went down to nothing because of a couple of goals from alex carpenter um and then they took i don't know how many friggin penalties specifically Starting to look like in, salt lake Oh my God. It was just, and some, some of it was the officiating as at the world championships has always been somewhat problematic. Um, and some of it was weird calls because then, you know, I kept seeing, Oh, they put the whistles away and they wouldn't call this. It's like, well then why were they calling, right. you know, that, but some, some of it was of it legit. Was Canada, yeah. Canada was not to very be more disciplined. disciplined. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, consistent throughout the tournament. So it was very, very stress inducing. Brianne Jenner finally scored to make it two one. Um, Jamie Lee Rattray, Canada native, shout out, um, scored to tie it. And and Jamie Lee Rattray had had a fantastic tournament. Um, And yet they weren't really playing her, especially in this game. They didn't put her in really consistently until, you know, moments before she scored the game time goal. So, you know, (laughs) listen up, coach. Um, (laughs) I think she made her case for for the Beijing team, that's for sure. And then, yeah, we go to overtime because we haven't suffered enough. And uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain comes down on the wing and just wires it top shelf, what but no one sees it because it, it kind of went far down <laughs> and you could just like, it kind of bounced right out basically. Yep. So she's celebrating. The refs don't call the whistle. She's oh, pointing double the whistle. She She's pointing at the net like, dude, it went in. Yeah. And then finally, like, I was yelling at the TV, get a whistle, get a whistle. <laughs> and in three on three, you know, how do you get a whistle? Right. It's next to impossible. So it finally, the buzzer just went. Man. Like, like there was no whistle. The buzzer just went and then Canada started celebrating. So Everybody it was a very weird finish. Yeah. 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 Uh, very weird finish. Poor <laughs> Blair Turnbull. Oh my God. Got, there's an image of her just tackling Anne Renee Debian, the goalie. And she, because she did that, you know, you go for the goalie first, you're going to end up at the bottom of that pile. (laughs) And that's what happened. And the girl broke her fibia, like straight up broke her leg at the bottom of this. So, so all this celebrating is going on. We see Blair Turnbull be pulled off to the side and she's like on, on, right along the boards. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like at first we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. She got taken away, and then she comes out for the medal ceremony on a stretcher and gives us just the greatest gift of all time. (laughs) I love that scene. It was incredible. And you can see, I think it was um, uh, Cheryl Pounder who said on the broadcast, it might have been Tessa Benam actually now that I think, but who said on the broadcast, she's mouthing, this is so embarrassing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're on the stretcher to get your gold medal. But I loved that she like and said, no, I'm not going anywhere till I get that medal. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the memes that followed of like you know your friend who pukes at the uh, at the party and then rallies to come yeah. back or, or passes out and then shows up at the bar like there's so many comparisons yes. here. It was just wonderful, and and the smile on her face said it all. So 
Um, you know, it was amazing to see Murray Philip Poulin. Not, I mean, come on, this is the third time in her career she scored a game-winning goal. Well, let me a- ask you about that because if we do take people back to 2010, she's a rookie. Canada wins the gold medal against the United States at at the Vancouver Olympic Games. She scores both goals. We go ahead to 2014 in Sochi, maybe the most heart-stopping hockey game I've ever watched in my entire life that is only a goal post away from being over 3-0. And instead, uh, the Americans clear it down, it hits the post, and the Canadians come all the way back um, and and score to tie it and then score again in overtime to win it. Uh, she gets that done. Here's another overtime winner for a world championship. And it was hilarious. As you said, Rod Black saying, she says it's in. And then a couple seconds later, before they have a re- Rod Black as the play-by-play guy's going, our truck says it's in. Like, this is over. Um, yeah. And they're still playing. But she scores this one, too. This isn't just a great goal scorer, which she obviously is. This is someone who gets it done always on the biggest stage when the lights are the brightest, when it's the hardest to do. This is a player that always seems to be in those big moments. What is it about her that makes it like, I I know this is a completely unanswerable question, but you follow this closer than almost anybody. Like, why is it always her when it's time to, okay, now's the time we need this to happen. She's like, all right, then I'll go do it. I, th- that's the thing. It, it, it isn't an unanswerable question because I'm just going to speculate. Like she's obviously the best hockey, she, the best female hockey player in the world. Yeah. She's, I, I would say she's arguably the best hockey player in the world. Um, you but know, that's just not having, enough, right? Like, like Sidney Crosby was the best it, hockey player in the exactly. world. Didn't score in Vancouver. Didn't score in Sochi. Like until that mattered, but he had no yeah. goals in both of those games until the gold medal game. She yeah. always scores. She always scores. She consistently scores. That's the thing. It's not just these big moments. It's also other moments. Like she's, she's very, she's just, she is such a good player that she doesn't have to think twice about it. And I think, I think the reason she's the one at the heart of all these big moments is like, have you ever listened to her talk? Yeah. She's about as chill as it gets, <laughs> right? Like I've never seen her. I, I now I've seen her fired up on the bench, sure. but I think she she seems to me to just be a very calm and level headed person, and is probably able to control her emotions in the moment. And when you're able to do that, you're able to just play the game to the best of your abilities, which for her is really friggin' good. Yes. And you're able to get it done in those high pressure situations. I don't think the pressure gets to her. Like it would, you know, me, um, who almost <laughs> dies watching these games. Right. I, I think, and this is purely my speculation, but like, you know, when you're calm and under pressure, you're able to get shit done. Yeah. And she, she seems very calm under pressure. And she's, uh, without a doubt, one of the best leaders I've ever seen play this game. Like even back to Pyeongchang when they lost in the gold medal game, watching her go down the line and hug every single one of her teammates while she herself is sobbing. Like, right. you know, that's that's a leader through and through. I remember the the last Clarkson Cup game that unfortunately was ever played right before the World Championships in 2019. Um, it was Calgary, Montreal. Poulin was obviously playing in that game. She was hurt, so she dressed, but she sat on the bench the whole game. And, and I was at that game and I was watching her. And I've never seen someone in a full hockey uniform act like a coach before, (laughs) but she was very much doing that. And that's just the kind of leader she is. Like she couldn't be out there to help her teammates. So she wanted to do the next best thing, next best thing and, and, you know, act as coach and help her, help her team win. But I think it comes down to at least part of it is, is how well she's able to maintain her emotions and level her emotions under pressure. And I think when you do that, then you don't, you, you are able to do what you do best. 
best, right? Whatever that is, sure. right? It could be hockey, it could be something else, but because she, she's just a the best player in the world and be very calm under pressure, those things combine for just incredibly clutch. Um, this is the shortest span we will ever see between a world championships and an Olympic games. Um, I think I heard it's 40 days they're taking off and then everyone regathers. Is that correct? Before uh, training camp for the Olympics? I think it, yeah, pretty much it very, I know they said that about team USA. <laughs> they said they're not going to see each other for the month of September. And I right. made a joke of like, yeah, I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> Cause again, I become a different person during this rivalry, sure. but yeah, it's, it's quick break. And then basically like they're still in centralization, right? So it's yeah. boom back to, uh, back to the Olympics. So, Olympic based, training. so based on what you saw at this tournament, give me a name or two for Canada outside of the big stars that we know are going, um, and obviously Blair Turnbull's tournament has been put in, in jeopardy. That's going to be tough. But give me a name or two that stood out to you that maybe you didn't expect to that went, uh, you probably just grabbed yourself an Olympic spot. Uh, Jamie Lee Rattray for sure. Uh, she had a fantastic tournament. Two goals in the preliminary round game against Team USA. Big goal to tie the game in the gold medal game. If she does not have a spot on that Beijing team, I will be shocked. Right. Um, Sarah Fillier, who shared yeah, out to yeah, my, yeah. my co-host Robin, who did a, a one to watch feature on her for, she's got game on the TSN radio network, shout um, out. out, uh, she's young player. This is her first time. And with the adult team in the world championship, she's obviously been with the program for quite some time. Uh, she had a great tournament as well. She played on a, a line with Natalie Spooner and, uh, Melanie Dau. It's not bad and company. Yeah, they, and, and she just she she is as good as advertised for someone so young, and um, I think for sure she'll be on the Olympic team. So those are definitely two two names I'm looking out for. Okay, um, I want to talk just briefly and probably for the final time here for a little while about the uh, the Paralympic goalball tournament that just went on. Yes. Our friend Amy Burke um, on her way home as we speak. Um, two things. One quickly out of the way. I did get. Just one. I was actually a little surprised and happy, pleasantly surprised that it was only one. But I did get one direct message that said I was talking too much about the Paralympics and, and goalball and it was only because my friend had had made it to the tournament and I needed to talk about it. And this is really, criticism of the show is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But the, the part I took umbrage was, uh, the part I took umbrage with was the phrase, get back to talking about real sports. Ooh, and buddy. that was not well received. Um, put it out there on Twitter as to what I thought about that. Uh, essentially it is real sport. These are people who have worked their entire lives, just like anybody else going to any other Olympics or in any other walk of life, uh, to make it to the top. This has taken every bit, the effort that anyone else has put forward. The fact that she is my friend and works with us on this show, obviously has me more invested and you are out of your mind if you think I wasn't going to find the highest mountain I could to shout her accomplishments from for a couple of weeks. I have zero apology for that and we got a bunch of feedback that some people were digging it, had never heard of the sport before, gave it a look a time or two. That's really all we wanted to get out of that and, uh, and Amy, I know, got some messages from our listeners which was super cool as well. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. They finished fifth in their pool and they were headed home after uh, not making the quarterfinal. Um, my main gripe here, I, I guess I should say for those who didn't watch, Amy played the first half of game one and a little bit of the second half of game one and then nothing in games two, three uh, and four, games two and three and then didn't start game four 
uh, and came in three minutes in once she was uh, or once the team was already down to nothing. The problem with the Paralympics is that the coverage that it gets from the media, what little attention it does get, is very cozy. It's very, look how inspiring this is. Look how courageous these people are. And that's, at some point, it's fair. But I can promise you, from speaking to enough of these athletes, from working with some of these athletes, they would prefer to be covered like athletes, not your inspiring feel-good story of the day. And so when you see something like... Um, and I guess the other elephant in the room should be that, you know, with Amy hardly playing, she and I are friends, but I'm also being asked to come on CBC radio. I've come on TSN radio. People are taking an interest, wanting to know what's going on. And I'm live tweeting a bunch of this. I know what's happening and why she's not playing, but she's asked me not to talk about it. So that puts me in a weird spot, right? It's almost my source, but you don't reveal your... She has now tweeted out she battled injuries through the entire tournament. I know what they are. It's irrelevant, but she's made it public that she was hurt. Fair enough. Getting back to the media side of this, there needs to be accountability. I need to know what the coach was thinking that if Amy was healthy enough to start that final game, a must-win game against China, uh, China, if she was healthy enough to come into that game three or four minutes in, already down to nothing, she was healthy enough to start. And the media doesn't ask questions like that of the coach. In fact, the coach actually said in a kind of throwaway interview that nobody saw, oh, we had a bad start again. That's been the story of our tournament is poor starts. You picked the starting lineup. Why did you have a bad start? Why did you Mm -hmm. wait to bring an injured player in down to nothing if she was good to play? You start her. Your life's on the line. Five years of work for these women is on the line. She starts or she's not good enough to... I guess if I'm going to speculate, the hope was we won't need her. We can get one more day, but that's an awful thing to bet on if she's told you she's good to go. And obviously she has because you put her in three minutes in. I'm blown away that those sorts of questions, I'm not blown away. I'm not shocked at all. I'm annoyed that those sorts of questions don't get asked and that people aren't held accountable for fairly obvious. if, If you were starting a playoff game tomorrow, and Brady Kachuk dressed for game one, played the first two periods, then disappeared, dressed for games two, three, four, five, and six, uh, but didn't get off the bench. Then in game seven, didn't play the entire first period, and then did play periods two and three. Same with Austin Matthews. Same with any top player across any other sport. Someone would ask the question, what's going on? And no one did. And that blows my mind. I, I, I That's... It's the lack of accountability in parasport bugs me. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're absolutely right. This is the problem that we see in so many sports that don't receive the coverage that they should or the resources that they should. People will say, well, I, I don't, or, or organizations will say like, you know, broadcasting companies will say, well, we don't put a lot of resources into it because no one watches. And then someone will say, well, I don't watch because the coverage is bad. Well, yeah. also I don't watch because I don't know where to find it. Right. And also I don't watch because it's not pro- promoted. At, like, where does it start? And it usually starts with the resources put behind the product. Right. You can't blame a product for not selling if you don't fix, if you don't put the time and money and resources into making it the best product it could be. Right. And then when no one buys it, you just go, well, no one likes this product, right? We see this with, with, with 
so many different kinds of sports mm-hmm. that aren't met male sports that aren't male convent um conventional um, big four big six exactly yeah. exactly and and the paralympics i you know are are, are no different right the yeah. olympics end and people think like well that's it See you and, in Beijing. And, you know you talked about the the coverage that cbc gives the olympics which is just non-stop all day in your face <laughs> yeah and then the coverage it gives the paralympics is just like well you know this is on sometimes yeah and it's like, well, how do you expect people to watch? Right. And and then and then why do you blame them for not watching or blame the sport for no one watching it? It's when you're not, you know, I always make the the you know, if if you're a small business owner <laughs> and you have two stores and you make one as pristine and beautiful as it can be, you put you stock the shelves with the best food available, you hire the best staff, pay them amazing money, keep everything in tip top shape. Then you have another store that you barely even, you know, put any money towards the paint chipping off the walls the staff are underpaid so they're grouchy and it's not fully stocked with a bunch of food do you look at those two stores and go well this one does better so there's nothing i can do about that no you treat the two stores the same you give them the same resources you fix the chipped paint and you (laughs) pay the staff properly and you give equitable resources to both stores and then you see what happens and the problem is whether it's the Paralympics, whether it's parasport in general or women's sports or whatever, that doesn't happen. And parasports gets it way worse than women's sports. I'm just kind of comparing because I that's, that's a fair what I comparison. Know. Um, but parasport gets it way worse. As as bad as we think it women's sports has it, it's it's not even it's not even close and it's not fair at all what? the lack of coverage and resources that are given to parasport. Yeah, and I you know, I said to you before we started, I wasn't even gonna be upset that the CBC wasn't going to give it the same time that it gave the Olympics. I was just asking for a bare minimum. I can find these things online and I could, but there needs to be, you know, the Toronto star was there for the Olympics. They went home. The Ottawa, you know, like media is there and then they're just not. And this is why Parasport doesn't improve in terms of quality of play. There's no accountability. The coach just goes home and oh, well, like no one's going to ask him. Like I said, that comparison with Brady Kachuk or Austin Matthews or whatever your favorite, if he just disappeared and then started playing again at a weird point, you'd ask a question. Someone would have to go, could you explain the thought that went into the lineup decisions there? And, and then whether you agree or disagree, at least you know what happened. That doesn't have to happen here. And so, and this is the, the worst part of it. I should tell you, and it's not the worst part of it, but it's a bad part of it from the stake, um, from the stance of the athlete. And I know we got to wrap up here, so I'm going to be quick, but I woke up the next morning with 21 text messages asking, so what's going on? Because people know I know Amy and, or they know I follow goalball. Like, and even from listeners, we were getting tweets like, Hey, you talked about this athlete for months leading up to it. She was on the show and now she's not playing. Like what's going on? You said she was the best player on her team. And I'm like, ah, I'm stuck. Like I got to bite my tongue. I know a lot of them are hardcore sports fans so that they would at least speculate. It's probably an injury, probably something going on. But I have 21 text messages when I wake up on, on Tuesday morning asking what happened, why didn't she play, what's going on. What do you think she's coming home to? When she gets off the plane, when, and I'll tell you, most of these athletes, when they travel around the world, they will buy data or use Wi-Fi. And so you can't just text them or call them, right? It has to go through WhatsApp or Twitter or something that uses data. So you don't hear a ton until you get off the plane and her and I have had this conversation when she lands. If I had 21 messages, she'll have 130 
that all want her to go back through this for them. That all believe, you know, you, I know you've been away from your kids and your family. I know you just had a devastating experience. I know, but tell me anyway, like what happened? Why don't you relive this for me? Why don't you send 130 of these text messages in response to whatever, whether it's someone who worked with her once, whether it's someone who went to college once with her, an old friend from high school, someone who just has misjudged their position in your world, right? That thinks, oh, just my own curiosity. I'd like to know from Amy what happened over there. Amy has been away for weeks. She's injured. She's had five years of work taken away from her. And when she turns on her whatever you want to call her cellular, when she gets off that plane, it's going to be slammed with, so what happened? Can you, can you tell me about it? Can you? Yeah. I would love to sit here on my phone after a 13 hour flight and a horrible week type 130 times a response of this is what happened. This is my injury. This is, can I go home and see my kids? Can I have a couple days to adjust to the time zone? This is rough. People don't think about the fact that if you're sending this message, how many other people are sending this message? And it's awful. Her and I have had this conversation (laughs) before that, you know, I turn on my phone and, oh my God, you know, like, and eventually I'm sure she wants to talk to the people she wants to talk to and she'll get back to it. But it's, it's rough. You've been gone through all this and now you're going to be asked to relive it a pile of times on no sleep. And that's. It's That's awful. what the media are supposed to mitigate, yes. kind of, really. Like that they're supposed to get that information out there. So those fringe people in your life don't. who you don't care to talk to exactly. will not do this. So yeah, let her you're go home. Right. Let her go to bed. Let her see her kids the next morning. Let her have a few days. And then maybe when you run into her, if you're someone in her life that you actually might run into, see if she wants to talk about it then. Because exactly. I can tell you, I don't know all these athletes. I'm I'm just using her because her and I are friends. I don't know if they all feel the same way about it, but when she comes home, she doesn't want to talk about it for a little while. She wants to enjoy her kids, wants to, you know, the one positive, if there is, if she's going to be home in time to send her son off to school on Tuesday, which wasn't going to be in the cards that she advanced further. I'm sure if you'd asked her which one she'd rather have, you know, it's five years of work. You had come to terms with the fact you were going to be away, but you sort of start to readjust your life, right? Okay, well, I'm happy to be home to see him off and, and these sorts of things, right? But I can tell you that first night when these planes land for these athletes who didn't have a great showing, it's rough. It's rough. And you should maybe give them just a tiny little bit of space. Well, honestly, like let's say you have just the worst day at work and then someone puts up, fired or thrown out of school or anything in your life. Yeah. Like this is a, just a horrible day in your job. And then 20, 30, 50 people text you and ask you what happened. Yeah. Relive it for me, please. Come on, man. Back off. Just back off. And so I I should say we will have Amy on and she'll talk about it, but it'll be a while. Like we're not going to, we're going to give her a few weeks here. We're going to see, you know, when she feels up to it, but. I think that's one of the reasons that I do hear from Amy at these tournaments is she'll text me and say, you remember that stupid scene in friends or what? Like she knows if she she can text me to get out of the, the bubble she's in right now and talk about something else. Right. Like, and, um, yeah, I would say if you know somebody who's coming back from one of these competitions or, or whatever, be empathetic, right? If they are coming back as a winner, yeah, they're probably going to love your 300 texts, but congratulations. So awesome. Amazing. If they're not, they may not want to answer 300 people when their plane lands. So yeah, 
that that is absolutely fair. And shout out Amy. It was an amazing uh, performance to get herself yep. there. Still an incredible athlete, and uh, you know the timing sucks. Uh, we won't get into the specific injury, but she did put out on her Twitter she was battling through some. And when she did get in there to play hurt in that last game, she did score to uh, to bring it within one. Almost got them back in it. So that's the type of competitor she is. We'll share a video on our Instagram of after she scored that goal. Um, she is fired up, and with a minute left in the game, all but over, she is still screaming at her teammates and not in an intimidating way but come on like we're not done we are not finished we are not giving up on this amy was going down swinging and that's why we love amy his uh she was not letting anybody quit she was going to drag them into the fight to the very end so um shout out for sure uh incredible just to get there and uh yeah we'll we'll talk more about it when she's ready but uh yeah, I, I just wanted to get a couple things off my chest there because they don't get covered in enough other places no, and you're absolutely right too. And and full credit to Amy. She took the time like days before she was leaving for <laughs> Tokyo to be on She's Got Game and and talk to us about heading into the Paralympics. And uh, the last game they played against China mm-hmm. um, was actually our, one of our one to watch or what to watch features nice. in last week's episode. It was too late and too early for me to watch live. <laughs> it was but horribly I, timed. Yes. Yeah. I did catch the highlights uh, first thing in the morning. So you and I, I have talked f- about those gray areas, right? Where yeah. you ca- it, it fell right in the middle. I, it's too late for people. It's too early for people. So. Like even as I was promoting it, I was like, it's hard because when you say Monday morning at one forty-five a.m., I think staying up Monday night. Yeah, oh, but you okay. know you're staying up to sun- Sunday, Sunday night. night. So yeah. I framed it as Sunday night or Monday morning, depending yes. on what kind of person you are. No, it's so true. So uh, I know you got to go. I know we got to wrap. Anything quick you want to tee up for Mushwar this week? Uh, Mushwar this week we talk a lot about um, how the Red Blacks offense sucks. And That's not great. it's not great at all. And we asked the question of what should they do at the QB position? Ooh. And if you want to know what our answer is, you should go listen to this week's episode. Mushwar, Mushwar. a Red Blocks podcast. Love it. Um, we will wind this one down here. I've kept Michaela too long as it is with my ranting and raving both at the beginning and at the end. So uh, we will let her off the hook here. She is on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And her craft beer takes are on Instagram at Crafted in the Capital. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. The archives are at TallCanAudio.com. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this one. And uh, Rob will return No more technical difficulties. We're done with this. On his end, on my end, he will be back uh, after Labor Day weekend, so we will see you all then. Get vaccinated. Bye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.